In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. In the time of censorship, non-compliance is key. From an undisclosed location in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Welcome, folks, to August 26, 2023. As we spiral into the end of the summer and go into the fall, kids begin to go back to school. They're going back to school all over the country already. Oregon is always late to the party. But already, there's an eerie feeling going into the election cycle. And as we would always expect into the elections now, expect wildfires, chaos, Antifa groups. There's going to be a new group, uh, I guarantee you, that's going to spiral out. Uh, that calls itself Black Lives Matter or some sort LGBTQ matters or something like that. Because we're only in the preseason of this captured coup for them to solidify it into 2024. After 2024, if you as the American citizen haven't engaged and haven't figured out how to engage in your life and understand the real threat going on around you, then this country will be lost. There will be factions, there will be holdover states, there will be successions, but we are in the final battle for the future of this once great nation. Are we going to be infighting amongst ourselves and fighting between each other and as the financial system collapses, as the infrastructure collapses, as our worlds collapse around us, are we going to band together or are we going to tear each other apart? That's the premise that I want to talk about today. I'm only going to be with you for a few segments. I'm going to have Don Powers take over the second half of this show because he has some very, very, very important information for all of you to hear with what Mike Lindell's doing, the future of our elections. He went to the Mike Lindell elections uh, crime bureau uh, announcement, and he's going to talk more about that. But what I want to talk about for this first segment is these oncoming lockdowns that you're hearing about. There's a lot of doublespeak happening on the internet in regards to what is actually happening, what is actually going on, right? Now I'm starting to see, they're stating, because about 10 days ago, Alex Jones got a whistleblower from the TSA, told him that they are bringing the masks back. They're gonna start with airports uh, and the airport staff first in the TSA, then they're going to incrementally use to the citizens that are going to need to wear the masks on the planes in order to fly. They're going to start there. But we're already starting to see a trend happen in different parts of the country. There are two schools in Kentucky that have decided to close down and lock down because of the new supposed COVID outbreak. Is it really an outbreak? Is there an outbreak going on? Or are we starting to hit and get closer to that 24-month, 
three-year mark of when the vaccines were rolled out and people are starting to see real suffrage from that. Because as you know, the CDC reported 18 months to 36 months, that was the window of people from getting sick to potential death if they were vaccinated. Now, we also know, uh, due to doc, Dr. Marcola that has come out, uh, he has talked about some of the vaccines. And if we remember this with Walgreens distributing some of the uh, placebos, so they were caught giving out saline. So we know that not everybody that got vaccinated is going to get sick, right? But the ones that did get the death shot, they a small percentage of them died immediately. Others developed health complications because I guarantee you now, I guarantee you there's not one person around you that has not been sick or hasn't died that you know of from these shots. We all know what it is. So they're going to blame these deaths on climate change. They're going to blame these deaths on the new COVID strain. Those are the key elements because in the same breath, not only are they planning on doing another lockdown, they're going to have a hell of a fight. I'm going to tell you right now. Not only are they planning on doing another lockdown, but they're also going to cut off energy and they're going to cut off supplies. So the toilet paper shortage that we had, that was just a warm up. Now we're going to have, just like you saw last winter, not being able to get children's medicine when children were sick everywhere. You couldn't get it. There's going to be other things like that. They're going to have, I wouldn't be surprised if they had fuel shortages. They're going to have energy shortages. They're incrementally cutting off our civilization, folks. They are incrementally cutting it off. You think I'm crazy. You think I'm crazy. Look around. It's happening everywhere. Okay. So they're trying to fact check the fact that lockdowns are returning, saying, oh, that's a conspiracy. That's a conspiracy. Okay. In the same breath, in the same list of articles, look at this. Lockdowns and face masks unequivocally cut the spread of COVID. It's the same. That's the Guardian right now. So now they're trying to push the concept. And you can always see this where they lay out their tea leaves. They're trying to push the fact that lockdowns and face masks unequivocally cut the spread of COVID. Yeah, like we believe that. Because I can show you articles where it says, hey, this was six months ago. The lockdowns and face masks did not work. They did not actually spread, help prevent the spread of COVID. And that's real facts. That's real information. But now we can start to see the incremental transition in propaganda for them to say, get ready. Now they're trying to create cover for when they say, hey, you got to wear a mask because the Guardian said a month ago that lockdowns and face masks unequivocally cut the spread of COVID. Experts looked at the effectiveness of non-pharmaceutical intervention, NPIs, not drugs or vaccines when applied to package to combine the number of measures that complement one another. The Royal Society report called COVID-19 examining the effectiveness of non-pharmaceutical interventions reviewed evidence gathered during the pandemic for six groups that their effectiveness in reducing transmission. So it's just some bullcrap 
thing. Who is the Royal Royal Society? That sounds very uh, pompous, doesn't it? The Royal Society says that masks are effective. Okay. Well, here's another one from New Scientists. New Scientists. Ooh, that sounds official. That sounds very, very, very official. We better listen to them because they're the new scientists. What do they say? Lockdowns and face masks really did help control COVID-19. Oh, yeah? Did they really? Everybody I knew got it. Everybody I knew got COVID. Is, are you the same? Do you know anybody in your life that did not get sick? That supposedly got COVID? But this is all UK bullcrap. Because who's really behind all of this? And that's what something you got to remember. It's the World Health Organization. This is not the United States. This is not the CDC. This is not the Oregon Health Department or Oregon Health Authority. It's not them. This is the UN driven that has basically captured every element of all these branches of our government. They're being sold out. They're being instructed what to do. They're no longer making decisions. And that's why when you go to the city councils and you go to these departments and you meet these people, they're all a bunch of do-gooders only worried about their pensions. They're only worried about their own private lives. They're only worried about that. They don't care. They don't care to actually do research. They don't care to actually investigate. Right? So these guys, this is all UK bullcrap and it's just being regurgitated back here. Uh, the main non-vaccine measure used to control COVID-19 included lockdowns, face masks, test, trace, isolate, were effective in stemming the spread of SARS-CoV-2. That's a bunch of bullcrap because it still spread. It still spread everywhere. There were so many anomalies about certain areas and isolated communities still getting sick that there was speculation that they were spraying it over us through these different spray-based programs that spray the uh, sky. We've all seen them in chemtrails and stuff like that. Because there was very isolated communities still getting it. And they're like, how? And I know uh, uh, Brian Artis talked about them di distributing it in the water. Is that so far-fetched? Is that not possible? Do you not think that that's possible in the future? I absolutely do. And, I, and, and I'm telling you, folks, it's really time to get ready if you haven't been getting ready already. Because understand, these tyrants, these predators, are not looking out for your best interest. They're looking out for their shareholders because they're getting ready to roll out another vaccine. They're going to have another hard mandate system, school system. Try to induct your kids. Try to indoctrinate your kids. Try to get your kids to put a mask back on. And who knows, maybe they'll be force masking the kids at school after they walk in the front door and not tell you. Because that's kind of the style that these people like. They want to disrupt you and rip you out of the family infrastructure from being able to have authority over your kids. They want to be your kids. Parents. So here's one more. Uh, this is on Politico. Lockdowns, benefits. Never mind the costs. So at all costs, to give up your freedoms, you guys need to put a mask back on. You need to take these shots and do all of this crap. This is all UK government crap. 
all three of these articles are based upon UK studies. Yet they're posting them and pushing them front lines, headlines, top of Google in the United States. So here's what we need to get ready for, folks. Understand, even in Marion County, they have trackers, they have contact tracers that have been on payroll since 2021. They have contact tracer programs and emergency response alternate groups in the city of Portland that they rolled out in 2021 and officialized it in 2022. We talked about that a year ago. So they have over 20 people on standby for alternate forms of emergency response. What does that mean? You're going to start telling, they're going to roll out programs to tell on your neighbor. Portland's already one of the 15 cities, um, or excuse me, 10 cities that is initiated. It's going to be initiating their no meat policy, their green energy policy, and they're going to try to convert Portland into a 15-minute city. And we're going to see the effects of that. They're going to tax the hell out of everybody, and you're not going to be able to get any supplies or anything. So what's that going to do to the population? They're going to go south. They're going to go north. They're going to go out of that because people are rejecting this system. Yet, Oregon is the guinea pigs of the rest of the country through the education system, through the voting system. And now, why are they doing the lockdowns now? It's very simple. It's because we're going into an election. It's because they're losing the news cycle. It's because they host a debate and get roughly 50 million people to watch the RNC debate. And that's how many hits they get. Donald Trump goes on Twitter and gets 250 million plus hits. I wonder how many it is now. That's why they're starting this, folks, is because we are becoming awake. We are getting activated. We are saying no. And the entire premise of this entire show is to demonstrate and illustrate non-compliance. That is the key to everything. I don't have to tell you what situation it is, but if we're universally non-compliant, they cannot roll out this new lockdown bullcrap. We have to stick together, and we have to remember that, folks. We will be right back. Broadcasting from the former state of Oregon in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Welcome back, folks. I'm just going to take off this last second because I do want to emphasize the importance of this oncoming lockdown. Yes, we can talk about the epic mugshot of Donald Trump. It is absolutely epic. But more importantly, what does it say to him? You can see it in his face. Gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. You can see it in Donald Trump's face. 100% determination. He is absolutely committed to see this thing through the end, in its fraud, on its face, and he is coming after them. That's why they're initiating the new lockdowns. That's why they're pushing the masks. That's why they're shutting down these schools in Kentucky, one in Texas. Two schools in Kentucky now, one in Texas. And better believe Salem Kaiser is right in line licking their lips for this 
these teachers are ready to go back on vacation and not have to work and work remotely in Hawaii or wherever they're going to go. They're very excited for that. It was easy for them. They don't give a crap about your kids. But if you look at his mugshot, it says everything. And I will tell you, uh, I'm getting some shirts printed. It's a wanted poster with Trump's mugshot. And it says wanted at the top. And then it says for president at the bottom, 2024. And I'm selling those. Uh, you can uh, write me, jm at noncompliantamerica.com. Let me know if you want one. I got all different shapes and sizes. They're going to be here early next week. Uh, we'll have them ready. They're going to be red and also black. Awesome shirts because I think it represents everything. They thought they were going to have a victory getting Trump to turn himself in, and he walked himself in like a champ. And if you look at his mugshot, it is pure determination to take out these people. Now, what's an interesting thing? Here's an interesting thing. I mean, four indictments in, he's been impeached twice. You know, they're trying to restrict him from running. What are they so scared about him? What is it about him? Right? Now, think of him being a media mogul, genius. Completely plays the media like a fiddle all the time. So what has changed? What, is, what has happened now? Because if you understand things like that, it's hard to explain. I believe there's a possibility that this is all part of Trump's plan to expose them. Because if he can get them in a courtroom, if he gets all eyes on him, which it looks like, again, the RNC debate, nobody really watched it. I watched a little bit of it. Kind of boring. Nobody interesting on there. Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, he was an interesting guy. He, uh, he's saying all the right things, but I don't trust him. He reminds me of uh, Barack Obama. And if you know how he talks, he talks exactly like Barack Obama. And there's people uncovering some things in his past. He got money from George Soros. And he said, well, I took that money because I needed it, this and that, um, from an organization that George Soros runs. So there's some slimy elements to that. And he's also very, very slick in his talking points and everything else. He's a little too slick. When somebody insults you and you smile at them, oh, he, he, yeah. It's a little bit, um, I don't know. I don't trust the guy. I, I, I'm not sure. I like what he's saying, but I just don't trust him. And it reminds me, and for those that remember Obama, 2006, 2007, he just came out of nowhere. Suddenly he's the frontliner. Suddenly he's saying all the right things. He's talking about revolution. He's talking about change. He's talking about all these great things. Remember? Remember how exciting and how much energy there was for Obama? Remember that? I feel Vivek Ramaswamy, it, it, he, he feels, I, I don't know, it's just in my gut. I just don't trust him. So I'm all in 100% for Trump now. They're attacking him, they're attacking us, they're attacking everybody. I'm 100% committed to see Trump in the White House. Because here's again my prediction. RFK has been kind of in the back, back, uh, the back door. I think RFK and Trump is going to be the ticket the winning ticket for 2024. So it's going to be a Trump-Kennedy ticket 2024. I'm, I'm predicting that right now. Because the way the political landscape is maneuvering, people are anti-establishment. People want change. People want 
real representation. And the only real representation that you're going to get are those two. Everybody else feels bought and paid for everything else. Okay. So that's my two cents on that. I do want to warn you, uh, when these coming lockdowns come, I want you guys to write me jm at noncompliantamerica.com. Anybody that pops up, any masked Nazis that you find, any mask enforcement, any stores, anything that you start to see break, contact me immediately and we are going to flash mob those places and completely uh, uh, get, and we're just going to go to these places and expose them for these ridiculous lockdowns that they're going to try to do. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to navigate out of it? Are you going to go along? Are you willing to give up your job? Are you willing to give up your career in order to not allow these? Because they're not playing, folks. If you haven't realized that they're not playing around, then you haven't been paying attention. And now it's easy to go back to sleep and say, okay, we, we're just going to do this, we're going to do that. Now is the time to get ready. Now is the time. We are not on our heels. We are in a complete running takeoff position. We are ready to go. But more importantly, you have to get prepared yourself. Because I don't think that they're just going to come at us head on with these masks right now. And they're running these headlines. You know why they're running these headlines? It's because we're stupid and we go on our phones and now we're talking about it. So they see the trends. So basically they're throwing out little baiters to see what sticks and what doesn't stick. They are testing you, the individual, who's completely inducted into your cell phone to see how you respond to these press releases. If, you, if you're outraged, they go, oh, wow, we, we aren't ready for that. The public's still too awake. They're too focused on this. Let's shift over here. Understand, that's how these people work. They're just pushing, 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 pushing. What can they get away with? What can they get away with? What can they get away with? Right? Constantly, constantly trying to subvert you, distort you, and destroy your futures and your consciousness. But it's time to get grounded, folks. It's time to get ready because that's what's coming. We got Don Powers in the house coming on the next two segments to talk about election integrity, what we can do here in the state of Oregon. Thank you again. I'm Joshua Michael signing off, and we'll see you next week. And now, live from an undisclosed location in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Welcome back to Non-Compliant America. This is Don Powers on KSLM Radio. And last week I had an opportunity to go out to Missouri for Mike Lindell's Election Crime Summit or Election Crime Bureau. And it was really fascinating. A lot of national speakers and people have become kind of household names in the effort to improve the uh, integrity of our elections. And the most important part of it to me, or the most powerful part of it for me, was the opportunity to speak with people from all around the country with the different things that they're doing in their state, the obstacles they've run into, how they've dealt with them, and how they're handling them. There's a lot to be learned there. I'm sure a lot of people could uh, take some information from that and bring it back to their state and hopefully uh, 
you know, have some different tools to work with, if you will. One of the people that I got to speak with was uh, Congressman Burleson, and it was really fascinating. He talked about the things that they did out in Missouri from a legislative standpoint. Now, legislatively, that's one of the vectors, if you will, by which they steal our elections, right? One of the ways that they secure it, uh, secure the steal, that is. So here's Congress Burleson uh, talking about what they did out there in Missouri. Yes, so this is my district. This is God's country. You know, people here believe in God, guns, gold, and their and Donald Trump. <laughs> and so, and so, um, when I was a state senator, after that, you know, disaster of an election, 2020, I worked to pass legislation in the state capitol to try to shore up our election system. You know, while we didn't have near the problems in Missouri that they had in other states. We saw what they did in other states, and we never want to see that happen in Missouri. So we, I drafted up a lot of legislation, including um, requiring cybersecurity audits of every election authority in the state, from the county and municipal level all the way up to the state level. We required for um, any machine to be air-gapped. We required where we eliminated the drop boxes. We eliminated the mail-in voting except for, you know, military and people like that. And absentee so, type things yeah. and so forth. Yeah. And so, we, true absentee, okay? Right. So we, we did everything we could to really strengthen the laws and make Missouri, and from what I've heard from people that are evaluating election laws around the nation, Missouri is at the top, if not the number one, most election secure state in the nation. All right. Special thanks to Congressman Burleson for that uh, interview, taking the time to meet with me out there and talk through what they're doing out there in Missouri. It's really exciting to hear them doing these things out there and and that he is aware of the, the stolen elections, the fraud that happens in our election and fought to do that. He's now at the federal level, so hopefully he'll be able to affect some change at that level as things go on, too. I also know that he happens to be on the board or, excuse me, the uh, oversight committee for the Clinton investigations um i didn't mean to say biden investigations so i'll have to stop that right there you're not good the department of defense machines can be can be hacked believe me your election system can be hacked right some of the greatest minds in the world at the department of defense at the pentagon and their machines get hacked and information gets going all over the place look at right here in oregon we just had a big scandal where our dmv records were hacked Right. And yet we have motor voter through the DMV. And now we find out that our, 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 our DMV records were, were hacked. All that information. It's not secure. It can't be secure as long as we have machines. Though the only way we're going to be able to have free and fair elections right in this country is when we go to same day voting at the precinct level with voter ID. I don't understand why people think that 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 having uh, requiring voter voter ID is racist. That's the most absurd thing. If you think about it and you believe that, if you believe that to be true, you're an idiot. We look at Georgia. There was they were talked about that in Georgia, and Georgia required that. And what happened? All the things that they talked about being racist and and and, and so forth. What happened? Actual turnout increased in that state. It did not hinder people from coming out and voting, and it's an insult to anybody of any particular race to think that requiring ID is racist. It's not racist when you go to a hotel and try to check in or go to rent a car, right? It's not racist when you go to the bank and you try to take some money out or even when you're trying to put money in, they ask for your ID, right? So it's ridiculous, it's absurd, and it's a racist comment to even say it. 
But anyway, moving on. I got a chance to do some other interviews out there in Missouri. One of those interviews was with retired Lieutenant Colonel Darren Gobb. Really fascinating interview. Here he is now. Guys, we like to bring it hard on, you know, especially on non-compliant America. We bring it, <laughs> we bring it hard. So anyway. You know, it's the, it's the podcast where the title says it all, right? And, it and I absolutely, I absolutely love it. And, um, I've been coming to these, I've come to the, the three events that Mike Lindell has put on for this because one, Mike Lindell is a big supporter of Restore Liberty from the beginning. He helped us get started uh, based on some of the ideas we gave to him and uh, he, he's a true American patriot. He uses his money, he puts his money where his mouth is and he puts it all on the line for the, and it's a lot of risk for him, not only financially, but you know, generally his own safety and things too. So big fan to be here. Uh, I don't necessarily always go in and listen to all the speeches because I've heard them. But I like to work all these outer halls and in, in, in the different areas and, and just find people and get to know people because I think that's the essence of what America really is ultimately about is community. And this is just a bigger community that happens to come together in one building for a couple of days. And I, I'm sure you've experienced it. I'm obviously experiencing it every time I'm here too, but that there are just wonderful patriot Americans out there who don't care about party, don't care about politics in general for even though we're at a political rally in some ways but really all they want to do is have a legitimate election and be left alone to live in freedom and liberty how hard should that be well apparently it's pretty dang difficult well you know i think what people don't fully grasp the reason that we're at this place is because a little bit too complacent but what we don't fully grasp a lot of people anyway don't fully grasp i know that, that you do but uh this idea that the other side has had a plan and they've been planning this for decades while we've been living our lives and raising our children and going to soccer games and so forth and we've kind of expected our government was still of the people and by the people and for the people and more and more we're waking up in events like this certainly you know bring attention to it and give people a lot of tools to go home with the lieutenant and I went on to talk about a few things and we got into a little more detail about something that I think is on a lot of people's mind is you know, we have all this fraud going on. We've got a lot of problems that we see within our government right now and we're not happy about. And we want to we want to do something about it, right? It seems like something's going to spark off any minute. There's this tension, right? And it's there because we don't feel like our voices are being heard. And a concern that a lot of people have, I've, I've brought it up to a few people. People kind of ask me about it, talk about it. It kind of goes back to this absurd statement that uh, the occupant said a while back with, well, they don't need their guns. We have F-15s, right? And that brings up that kind of concern. Would the military really turn inward? Would they really turn in on the American citizens if it came to that? No, nobody really wants to... to, to, to to think that that could possibly happen. And, and we don't want to think that I certainly don't want to see any violence or see anybody, uh, you know, go kinetic over this, but, but at some point the tensions are building, right. And how do we deal with it? And that's just like a, a fear or a concern that some people have. And it's somewhat of a rhetorical conversation for some people, but, but I think it's got merit to at least wonder when we see what's happening in our military right now with generals walking around with face shields, with masks under it and bowing and the LG, uh, TBQRS alphabet going on. Um, we really concern ourselves about the preparedness and the readiness of our military. And uh, uh, Lieutenant Gobb and I went on to talk about that a little bit, but uh, I'll bring we'll bring that into another another session, another time, uh, maybe next week or something. Get into some of that. It was just kind of interesting to hear from his perspective, and he talked about that there may be you know six hundred thousand uh, military 
uh, personnel at the moment, but there's like 16 million or something like that uh, veterans out there. But but that's a horrible thought, right? So I, I actually want to move on from it because, you know, I just don't want to dwell on that craziness and, and get anything dumb in anybody's mind. But But it just begs that question a little bit, right? That's all I'm saying is, you know, where are we in our country and how are we going to be able to take this back? It's not like there's uh, tea in the harbor we can go dump over, right? But we're dealing with the same kind of tyranny that our forefathers, not a whole lot of difference um, and our founders uh, and the tyranny that they were up against and what they were pushing back against, right? Increased taxes and control and religious liberties, right? We're dealing with all of those things right now. Look what's happening in our schools. How can anybody out there, if anybody out there listening, just pause for a moment and tell me how in the can you expect that or accept what's going on in these schools and what the Oregon Department of Education is pushing in these schools to these children? I thought for sure this would be the thing that galvanized all sides of our republic, right? Whether you're Republican or a Democrat or independent, an atheist, a Christian, a Muslim, the fact that they're trying to push this pornography and this disgusting uh, information onto our children and then trying to, to, to mess with their minds and tell them you may not know what your gender is and your gender fluid and they, they have no business teaching children this. That's the purview of the family. Let these children be children. Let them have their innocence while they can. The world has enough going on, enough pressures from the outside that as they get older and their brains mature, they can make a determination for themselves about what and who they want to be and what their sexuality is and so forth. But boy, pushing this on the children is disgusting. And I would think that everybody should stand up. And I talk about it before I know, but, but 40 people at a school board meeting is not going to get it done. So next time you go to a school board meeting, a city council meeting, bring a friend. Okay. If everybody would bring a friend pretty soon, we'd pack those rooms. And it's really simple. Mass non-compliance America. That's what it takes. Go out there in mass and just say, hey, we are not doing this and it's over. It's it's really to some great degree that simple. We show up in mass and say, you know what? You're not teaching this to our children. You know what? You're not going to mask us. It's not going to happen. We saw what you did last time. We see the lies and the tyranny. We're not going to subject ourselves to it. That's the way we break this thing down. That's the way we take our country back and we do it one county at a time one precinct at a time for that matter. And we go out there in mass and we make these things happen. Stand up for your children. Men, where are you, by the way? Stand up for what's going on in this country. Get our values back. It's disgusting. Me and my buddy, we make it all of this money. Yeah, I know it's rude to be bragging. They never catching a slack. Me and my buddy, we working hard for this money. All right. Welcome back to Non-Compliant America on KSLM Radio. I am Don Powers sitting in for a little bit for Joshua Michael, who's off taking care of some personal things. And I was talking with, uh, I just showed a few interviews that uh, we did down at in Missouri for the Election Crime Bureau. Really fascinating stuff, a lot of really good people. We've got a lot more of those interviews uh, coming, some names that you'll recognize coming up, and I'll, I'll play those in a few minutes. But I want to get back on that piece we were talking about in the last segment and how it kind of segued into what was happening at the Election Crime Bureau. And that has to do with getting involved, right? Uh, showing up to the school board meeting, show up, showing up to all of these uh, important uh, city council meetings, commissioner meetings, getting involved in your government, finding out what seats are available on different committees within your county and getting involved and sitting in those seats. Because I can promise you, the left 
is targeting all of those things. And we have to get involved. There's no longer is it acceptable to be passive and to sit in your armchair and just expect somebody else to take care of this. So at that uh, election crime bureau that Mike Lindell put on, one of the things that uh, probably the main thing that was the big announcement was this device that they created uh, called the WMD, which stands for uh, Wireless Monitoring Device. I had a good chance to talk with some of the tech people about that device and kind of the idea ideas behind it. And the essence is it's a scanner. So within a certain frequencies, it's going to scan certain frequencies looking for uh, signal. Right, it's it's a passive device, so there's no opportunity for it whatsoever to interfere with any other device. It doesn't talk to it. It doesn't send information. It doesn't uh, retract information or, or anything like that. It's just like when you were, if you were there with your phone, you pulled out your phone. You're looking for a Wi-Fi signal at a at a at the elections clerk's office or at, you know in in, a, in an office building somewhere or a restaurant, and you want to get on their Wi-Fi. It's a lot like that, right? So it's all it is is a passive device, and it allows you to look for things that are looking for a signal. And it can, to some degree, it can uh, filter out uh, cell phones, let's say, because, you know, you, you pull this thing out within 200 feet of a building and it can scan everything that's getting signal. And obviously you have to narrow that down. And there, that'll take some training for, for people. But the essence of it is to say, hey, look, we already know that you cheat. We already know that you're lying to say that these machines are not connected. Now, that's not meant to be an attack on any of our clerks, because I think for the overwhelming majority of them are really good and honest people and really want their elections to be secure. And they've they've gone through the training. They're regurgitating what they've been told. They believe what they've been told and they care. I mean, the ones that I've spoken to, for the most part, there's one certain one in Oregon, um, drunken something or other anyway um he uh he's a little bit different but for the most part they were really good ones and they they want things to be right they're pretty transparent about things and firmly believe that these elections are secure and i appreciate that what's important is for us to take the approach to say to them look i think that these machines can get online and we need to know that for a fact. And this device will let you know that. Now, I doubt any clerk is going to let that device like into their office so they can check things. It would be great if they would just say, hey, great. I, I want my election to be secure. I'll take that device. I'll come in. We'll turn the machine on and see if it connects. Now, there's a lot of challenges associated with that. And I, and I recognize that. For example, if you were really smart, you wouldn't have that machine connecting full time. You would just have it connecting when you needed to communicate to it. Right. So let's say, you know, two o'clock in the morning when everything shuts down because your your algorithm isn't working and you need to reload it. Boom. It pops on. It does what it needs to do. It talks to what it needs to talk to. Erases all of its footprints and its logs and goes on its way now that it's made its, quote, corrections. Right. So there is certainly a lot of uh, information that needs to be clarified and uh, a lot of instruction that needs to be held. It's not something that everybody's just going to run around uh, with in their pocket. It's going to take some educated people and some training to really be able to use it well. But really the key takeaway is we know you lie about uh, the, the, these machines not going online. We know that you cheat the elections. We know that you're doing all these uh, problem, all these uh, illegal ballots that are being found in the middle of the night, running them through the machine two, three times, whatnot, uh, paper issues, and, and, and all kinds of problems, right? We know that. All this device really is a ability to say, look, your machine went online at 2 o'clock this morning. We saw it. That machine went online. That's a problem. Right. So the clerk may not be lying. They're just saying what they believe to be sincerely true. But if we can spot it and say, look, if these machines go online, we're going to know it.
right? And maybe that'll be a step in securing, again, another vector by which we can try to control this. But it really doesn't matter because no matter what happens, these machines can be hacked. And that's just the fact. There's all kinds of scientific evidence. There's computer experts who have spoken all over the country. We know the elections are corrupt. We've got enough proof. Proof is no longer necessary. There's a massive amount of true, of uh, proof that's been compiled across this country that we know the elections are being manipulated and stolen. The question becomes, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it that it's gotten so bad that you can't even talk about it, ele- stolen elections, without the, the possibility of being uh, put in jail, right? Look at, they're actually putting mugshot out, right, of our President Trump, our true President Trump, be, being arrested because he is telling everyone that the elections were stolen and the elections are, are corrupted, and so therefore, and they're put, what, what country does that? Are we Brazil? What is this? Venezuela? Come on. This is ridiculous. And the people cannot stand by and let this happen anymore. And I've been really excited watching some of the uh, video online when his motorcade came through certain areas in Atlanta, for example, and people coming out in droves going, you know, he's our man, right? This is ridiculous because they understand that this persecution is not acceptable and it's a biased system, a two-tiered system of justice. That's all he's doing is saying these elections were stolen. Well, you know what I hope? I hope now that he's got standing, we'll bring all that elect- all that evidence to the court which they wouldn't bother to see in the past. It's ridiculous we as american people we have standing whatever state you're in if if you're if your duly elected president it loses an election because of it's been stolen and then damn it you have standing but even taking the fraud out of it back to the case that we have here in oregon right is the fact that's also really critical here is there's a large segment of the population, I think it's now, uh, I can't remember, somewhere around 60%, recognize that there's fraud in our elections, that there's corruption in our, in our elections. That's a significant thing. When the people no longer have confidence in their elections, right, you no longer have confidence in government because it's no longer government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Another example of the reason we're having so much trouble trusting our government right now is what happened on January 6th. That's a rough segue from where we just were, but it's this is also a fruit of the problem. I'm just going to play a little tease here of an interview that I did with a gentleman, Derek Evans, who uh, was a January 6th hostage. I don't call him prisoners, I call him hostages, and I think he uh, alludes to that as well. So here's just a little tease. We'll get into some more of this uh, next week, but here's Derek Evans from West Virginia. What I'm getting ready to tell you, you can watch for yourself, Uh, I walked through an open set of doors. I thanked a police officer for his service. The same police officer gave me a fist bump, inviting me into the building. Uh, I'm heard on video reminding people to be peaceful, don't don't touch anything, these are artifacts. Spent less than 10 minutes inside the public rotunda area. Thanked the police officer again and walked out the same set of doors I entered. And then I found myself in the crosshairs, the same weaponized deep state that's going after President Trump. They came to my house, they ripped me away from my wife and my four young children, held me hostage as a January 6th political prisoner. Long story short, I was facing 24 years in prison for walking through an open set of doors and exercising my natural God-given rights of free speech. I, I know a few people have the very you know, similar story. And uh, you know what we have there is weaponization of, of the government. And you know, who do you think is responsible for what happened? 
Uh, on January 6th? Yes. Oh, I mean, that's Nancy Pelosi and, uh, and the, the, the Capitol Police people there. I mean, that's, that's well documented at this point, you know. Um, and then at the same time, though, I'm going to have to push back a little bit on some of our elected Republicans and our conservative media who never gave us a voice. All right. So there you have a little bit from uh, of a tease for what we're going to talk about and get into maybe a little bit next week. But who knows what this week's going to hold with all the tyranny that's coming down with it. We all see that uh, three different schools have closed down now around the country because of uh, the mask mandate. So they're coming after us again. But we're going to get into some more of this detail, some more of these interviews as well. And I hope you all have a blessed day. And remember that the only thing that stops bad men is when good men do nothing. I know that's not the exact quote, but you know where I'm getting with that. Take care. God bless you. Bye-bye. Reaching out for something you got to feel. Or clutching the one you thought was real.